Here we are, episode 196. What does it take to turn your life around later in life? Maybe you've thought, ah, it's not worth it. I've already wasted too many years not getting it right. I doubt changing it now is going to do much. Or possibly you've thought, I'm on this path now. Yeah, it's not what I imagined life to be, but I've got to stick it out. Maybe you just keep experiencing a bit of a shit show in your life with recurring problems. Or maybe you've simply thought, I want something different in my life because what's here doesn't make me feel good. Does any of that resonate? If it does and you're wanting to make a change and you're looking to start building out your toolbox, then this conversation is one you might like to listen to. Today, we chat about what is needed for self-development and personal growth, why confronting your demons is painfully necessary to achieve fulfillment, why you must create your own hell to find happiness, and how to go from a consumer of personal development books, podcasts, and events known as seminar junkies to someone that actually successfully changes themselves and the way that you show up in your own life. Information about being better is one thing, and so you can get that here today, and with it, it's time to take action. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? It's 2022. It's a good year. And in this fine year that is 2022, it's my mission to coach 300 people to get control of their emotional eating so they can lose weight and actually keep it off without counting calories or eating rabbit food. And some people said, Maddie, not everyone might know what you mean by rabbit food. Do you know what I mean by rabbit food? If you don't, well, I mean eating nothing but salads that totally lack substance or more importantly, protein, basically munching on lettuce. And the lettuce diet is pretty unfulfilling and it's pretty unsustainable. And no one wants to do that, especially here in Melbourne, because the other day I saw a lettuce for $15.99 for a single head of lettuce. The economy is not going well. (laughs) So we're at a point where we can't even afford to do the rabbit food diet. Anyway, emotional eating, binge eating, self-sabotage on diets, if that's the stuff you want to work on, then click the m.me link in the show notes below, which opens up a direct conversation with me on Facebook Messenger. Send me the word PROGRAM in capital letters, and we'll see if you're a good fit for the program. Spots are limited, and so only take that step if you're in a good place where you're ready, willing, and committed to do the work, and I look forward to chatting to you in the DMs. All right, speaking of doing hard things and making significant change that can be, you know, scary as hell, I want to introduce you to Agi Keramidas, who realized six years ago that he was feeling deeply unfulfilled and unmotivated, totally losing his sense of purpose. And so he made some radical changes. He left his career, he left his fiance, he left his friends and family to start an entirely new life. And amidst that journey, he had a light bulb moment. And this happened in a place that many people have life-defining light bulb moments. It was at a Tony Robbins event. Since that moment six years ago, Argy has been on a continuous journey of personal development that has transformed his life physically, financially, and spiritually. And he's hanging out with us here as part of his mission, which is to inspire you to grow, stand out, and take action towards a purposeful and fulfilling life. And in the process of this journey, he created one of the most epic personal and self-development podcasts on the interwebs called 
Personal Development Mastery, which is in the top 2% of podcasts globally, which is interesting because that's the same neighborhood of download numbers that this show hangs out on. So we're in very good company. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Argie. Mati, thank you very much for this uh, very kind introduction. And uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. And I'm excited for this conversation. Thank you for the invitation. You are very welcome. Now, I know for a fact uh, that... The listeners are going to be like, where is that accent from? <laughs> we don't have many strong accents on the show. So tell us a little bit about your background. Yes, sure. I am uh, Greek originally. Uh, when I was 35, I moved uh, to the UK. So that was like uh, a dozen years ago or so. So my, it is a, a original Greek accent that has been mellowed down by living over a decade in the UK. So... Yeah, I liked how you said that it is heavy, which funnily enough, that's how I would call your accent if I were. So it's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, so you're Greek. How did I go saying your surname? Keramidas. Keramidas. It's, uh, you were very, you were spot on when you pronounced it. And and you didn't even, uh, we didn't practice it or anything. So well done. (laughs) Well, to be totally honest, when I first saw it, I was like, so I've actually can speak Spanish and I learned Uh how to speak Spanish. Spanish. And so Mm -hmm. when I first saw it, I was like, and listened to your accent, I was like, he's possibly Spanish. So I'm just going to pronounce his name in a Spanish accent. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, extremely close. So yeah, enough. (laughs) It is Mediterranean, uh, still Spain and Greece. There are many similarities. Italy, yes, uh, many. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you said before you moved. Um, so in the intro, I mentioned like six years ago, everything changed. And you said that you've been in the UK for a dozen years. Mm. So that means what about 30, 39 was the beginning of this change? Like, it was a little bit earlier than that, but there were two separate events. One was when I first moved from Greece to the UK, which was uh, about uh, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second one that you referred to at the, the event when I had the light bulb moment, that was uh, six, seven, six years ago. When, um, But to quickly give an overview of what was going on, I'm a, a dentist by profession. So I moved as a dentist and I started working here in the UK uh, when I decided that my life in Greece was not fulfilling. And that's another part which we could go into, but I'm, I will bring into more, uh, you know, to up-to-date uh, events or more recent if you want. Mm-hmm. So after I was uh, working here, I studied, I did a master's degree in uh, aesthetic dentistry and I found myself when I graduated, instead of feeling super pumped and, you know, all motivated to go out and do magic with what I had learned. Instead, I found myself very confused, very unmotivated. I really, I I couldn't be bothered. And I started wondering what is wrong with me because there was something, some, you know, dissatisfaction, some discontent inside of me. Mm -hmm. So that started leading, it led me actually to um, a journey. It started a journey of personal development, of self-exploration, of understanding or looking inside who I am and understanding who I am and why I was like that. And that took me uh, not so long afterwards to that uh, Tony Robbins event uh, that you said that uh, I will share very quickly that within the space of a few days, I turned from a 
person who was very shy, introverted, you know, I wouldn't speak out my opinion, to uh, public speaking, podcasting, uh, completely different. So that was the, the light bulb that, uh, that changed me. And of course, since that time, uh, and you said in your very kind introduction of me, of uh, the podcast personal development uh, mastery, which uh, is really a culmination of this journey, if I can call it that, among other things. So I will take a little mm-hmm. break here, Matty, and see what uh, you want to go deeper into, maybe. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I think the thing that I'm fascinated by is that um, just the age that you made the change, uh, because a lot of people, by the time they're in their mid-30s, late-30s, early-40s, they've essentially accepted the decisions they've made and they're very unhappy about them, whether they've got kids, whether they, um, you know, have like, and they, you know, everybody loves their kids, but, you know, they made a lot of decisions that led their, their life in a direction that they now feel mm-hmm. that they're basically imprisoned to, into this this cocoon of the life that they've created, whether it be this job or whether it be this family or whether it be these kids or whatever it is. And so I think I'm really impressed by the fact that, um, yeah, like in that chapter of your life, you were able, you were able to, to make those decisions to begin to change. So I'm really curious, like what led to you really identifying I am unfulfilled? Because I know from my own journey that, um, when I was going through that, like you, I was just told by everyone, life's tough. This is how it's meant to be. Nobody's actually happy. You're just meant to, you know, get on with it. And so, you know, I don't know if it was the same for you, but like if you look around, most people just accept that fate as reality. So what led to you being like identifying the problem and then I guess what was the, the the moment that was like I'm gonna do life differently, and I, and and what I mean by that is not just the moment, but what was the thing that made you want to be different? Mm. This is a great question, and you mentioned like uh, the cocoon or people being imprisoned, and it is a very subtle sensation because when we live our life day after day after day life goes on and we don't unless we actively reflect on what we're doing time goes by and we keep on doing the same or very similar things mm-hmm. um for me to answer your question the it was a feeling that i had you you asked me how how i i knew that it was and with feelings it's not you know, as easy to express in words. There was this general sense that my life is not working the way that I want to. It's exactly what you said about most people, which they carry on doing the same thing though afterwards. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was, it felt too uncomfortable to, you know, accept it or try to numb it down, which is one of the things that many people uh, do, uh, you know, either with, I don't know, shopping or uh, alcohol or whatever it is to suppress that uh, discomfort, that unease. I like this word. It's unease. It's not something terrible. It's not something that uh, you really want to make a change about. Mm -hmm. But it is something not right that bugs you all the time. And you say, this is not right. And if I were to... uh, 
really uh, try to explain what made me, I think you asked me as well, what made me want to get out of that. Yeah. Uh, one, and maybe the, a pivotal moment, and I will refer again to that event that I said with Tony Robbins, was when he guided us through an exercise where he uh, took us to our future. So you move you know, five years in ahead into your future and then 10 years ahead, provided that you keep mm-hmm. on doing what you're doing and you don't change what what really bothers you inside. So eventually you go mentally to the end of your life, to your deathbed and look back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you do that in a huge room of uh, 10,000 people, uh, those days they were live events. So it was, <laughs> it was awesome. There is a tremendous emotional release that you have uh, or I had well many people had based on the you know the the reactions uh, there because all I could feel was an overwhelming feeling of regret that my life has wasted there was so much potential there were so many things that I could have done but I didn't and now there's nothing I can do because I'm dying and that was, uh, it is the, the magic of this. He calls it the Dickens process based on the, you know, the, the story, the yeah. uh, Christmas Carol. So, yeah, coming back then to the present moment, uh, you realize that, no, it's not the end of my life yet. So <laughs> you uh, that motivated me. Of course, that's one moment and it was something that clicked. There were mm-hmm. other things that led to that and other things that followed that. But I'm highlighting this as an, uh, you know, an example of sometimes all you need is just one day or one experience to really shift mm-hmm. your uh, perception of what you can tolerate in your life mm-hmm. or not. Uh, yeah, I took a long-winded answer, but it was a, a multifaceted question there, uh, Marty. <laughs> Thank you for asking me. Agi, this is a podcast. You can have the longest answer you want. (laughs) I think as well as you're talking there, like it made me think there's a lot of opportunities that come along for people and there's a lot of moments where people have the possibility to have an experience like this. But it's interesting that this exercise took you to your death because a lot of people don't decide to start owning their life and making decisions and getting back in the driver's seat Mm -hmm. until they're given a diagnosis in a hospital or by a doctor or they have a Mm -hmm. car accident or somebody they know that's, you know, kind of they can relate to um, or they are related to dies. And so it's interesting that like this this exercise kind of manufactured uh, a type of death, which by the sound of it became an ego death. Mm. In, yeah, it was indeed. I hadn't thought of it in such a term that you describe it, but it it certainly was. And because of the, as I said, the emotional release, it was very intense. So it <laughs> it created a, a massive shift. But, you know, way mm. before reaching that moment, it was my, I didn't want to, carry on my life, you know, feeling not happy about how things are because I was starting to wonder what's wrong with me. Because if everyone is similar to what you were saying earlier, when people around you see your life and they deem that your life is fine, it is exactly as it should be. So you start to wonder, is there something wrong with me? And I don't feel 
you know, fulfilled. I don't feel happy. And as a result, usually you make, let's say, not so beneficial choices in your mm-hmm. health, in your nutrition, in your, you know, habits, all this stuff. So it was for me the real the desire to figure out what's going on and I took little step at a time I think it was a book that I started reading it was you know little by little but when you take a direction that is I think more aligned with who you are as a person Mm -hmm. as a human being then there are events that happen the so-called synchronicities uh, this you know people are um, appearing into your life or calling you or things like that that further put you into that new path so it's a matter of starting it really <laughs> it, uh, if it is the right path you can see and feel it with the experience that you're getting that it is evolving it is i'm not saying it's easy that's a different topic altogether <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know <laughs> it's the right path because you you feel it and it's more a matter of feeling rather than mm-hmm. uh, thinking yeah interesting you mentioned the feeling rather than thinking because i guess in this world that we're in that has science and medicine and all this amazing technology i think western society particularly has a very heavy bias towards thinking um Mm. to the point that you're you know if you go into a medical clinic you're encouraged not to trust your own intuition or your own instincts because you don't have a medical degree right um and so i think we've lost this self-literacy in understanding our own feelings, understanding the feedback that our body gives us when it sends us messages. Um, And so it's interesting when you brought that feelings word up. Um, Do you find that the people that maybe you work with now or or on the journey that you needed to learn how to feel again? Because I know for myself, particularly as a man, like all of my 20s and maybe late teenage years were about how can I not feel? How can I suppress? How can I bury um, type thing? And obviously, and I can really only speak for men, I work with a lot of women and and women have a very similar experience. Um, You know, they're told to stop crying and, Mm. you know, suck it up and get over it. It's not that bad. And men are just told, don't be a pussy or whatever they're told, you know? Yeah. Um, so did you have to, did you find by the time you got to that point in your life, so what are we like mid to late 30s, did you have to learn how to feel again or were you or were you lucky in the sense that you grew up in a family that encouraged emotions and feeling? To, a, to an extent, it's both. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, the, well, I wouldn't call it exactly encouraging the way that uh, you said it, but it was not like a, a taboo on the other hand either. So, mm-hmm. but still, it, I think even more than uh, the family, it is also the society or the environment, uh, the other children and so on. It was st- not, you know, the manly thing to do to, to start crying. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so there was uh, an element of that because when I, as a teenager and later on, when I would cry because I felt like crying, deep down I felt shame that I'm crying because it's, I wasn't meant to. So there's something wrong with me and that's why I'm crying. So mm-hmm. yes, I had to, I think, to answer your question more directly, to reconnect with our feelings and understand our feelings and um, calibrate, if you want, or our 
internal world. There is a, there is a vast world uh, inside there. All but the chatter of the mind is so loud that we don't pay attention to anything that is uh, happening. Before mm-hmm. it's very loud enough, and it slaps us on on the face, and then we have no choice but to listen to it because <laughs> we are down on the floor. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel I feel it feels like that. The, the the messages we get are very subtle, and they mm-hmm. need um, our attention and you know focusing inwards or meditating or taking a walk in the forest. Whatever does it for you to calm down and relax and then you listen to them but if you don't listen to them they get louder and louder and they end if you carry on not listening to them either in an illness or an accident one of those Mm -hmm. things will happen based on my experience that will drag you back to into looking and evaluating your life because you have ignored all the previous uh, you know, signs or messages uh, before that. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very, uh, and I have completely sidetracked from your original question now. But I'm very uh, cautious with the very small signs that you get. So even like something like a headache, or if I hit my elbow on the, the desk, it's a small sign that bring your attention back to where it should be because it's going the wrong way or your feelings or whatever it is at the, at the moment. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was, well, I was going to say like, what's a good place in your experience for people to start practicing becoming aware of their themselves, their body and looking for those signs? Because I guess, you know, a lot of people, um, busy they've got they're chasing after careers they've got kids to chase after as well you know they've got so much you know noise going on in their lives on all levels and all fronts whether it be their mother-in-law or the babysitter or the bills they need to pay and like so what what is the first step somebody would need to take in order to, to start opening up space to, to hear these little signs and be aware of them because i'm sure as you kind of touched on like they're coming in all the time these, these messages and insights and, and signs are coming in all of the time to all of us, mm. um, but most of us are, don't have the ability to register them because we're, we're preoccupied. I will. I know that you have a big audience of uh, of moms who are busy and have mm-hmm. uh, limited time. So I think what to answer your question, if I were to give uh, as general as it might be, this kind of advice, I would start with meditation and Mm -hmm. preferably getting some time for yourself, even if it's 15 minutes, 15 Mm -hmm. minutes without children, without uh, phones, without nothing, uh, where you will find this 15 minutes, they're usually at the very beginning of the day. So for <laughs> for people that like to lay in, I don't know if uh, maybe there is another option, but I think waking up earlier than everyone else, if possible, and taking a little bit of time for yourself to um, be in a Quiet and not not necessarily meditate if you don't want to do meditation, but uh, reflect, journal, do something for yourself mm-hmm. while you know paying attention. Really, because once the distractions of the day start coming in, it's much more difficult than to pay attention at these subtle messages. So you have to 
cultivate your awareness of them, shall we say. So, uh, yeah, I think taking a bit of time for yourself and uh, listening in and get uh, getting attuned to how it feels and how it feels when, you know, I feel tired or when I feel sad or when I feel when I have that emotion because we have them all the time. It's just that we don't, we are not trained to um, be aware of them and understand them uh, uh, for what they are. So yeah. I think, uh, I hope that answers your question, uh, Matt. Yeah, I think I think the big theme around everything you just shared is like becoming present uh, mm. and, and being present in the moment so that we can, yeah, hear what's coming in. Because, yeah, I guess we all, um, and this is just the nature of being human, is we're all either stuck in the past or stuck in the future. And both of those things are not happening right now. And most of our thoughts, studies show that most of our thoughts, the very vast majority are in the past. Um, and, and it's kind of like depression is about the past and anxiety is about the future. And so all of these these problems that that, that we essentially create are still not happening now. Mm. They're not happening in the particular moment that we're experiencing. And, and if we can come back to that moment and be present, we're far more likely to receive whatever is being sent our way because we've actually got, you know, the lights on, the front door's unlocked and we're, we're ready to receive those messages. Yeah. Bring yourself back to the present moment is, uh, I think it's the, the most wise thing anyone can do. It's not easy though. And that's why I think uh, meditating and building this uh, awareness and this uh, skill, if you want, mm-hmm. is a great uh, step. So when there is chaos out there, you can still fo- focus internally. Otherwise, it's, uh, it's impossible. It takes over you. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah. I was going to ask, along the journey of self-development for yourself, like mm-hmm. what were the big hurdles or roadblocks that you came across where you thought, oh, you know, I'm never going to figure this out? Or Because I know for myself that I went along this journey and I was like, right, I'm going to sort my life out and I'm going to be a decent man and I'm going to show up in the world as this great, amazing person. There were it, like... 
it sounded like it was going to be all amazing because it's like growth, you know, success, amazingness. And it was so excruciatingly painful um, dealing with my demons and, and, you know, pulling my identity apart and saying, hey, this identity is pretty terrible. Like the way that I've been showing up in the world um, has been, you know, a reaction basically, a reaction to all sorts of things. And so, you know, it was so painful. Like, and there was, you know, people hurt in the process. I hurt, you know, hurt myself emotionally, other people emotionally. Um, and it was just crazy. Like, but it was all a necessary journey in order for me. Not that I believe we're ever fully healed, but I feel like I definitely have arrived at that next level of emotional maturity and awareness. And there's a lot of things from my past that I've closed off now mm. in a really healthy way. And so, for you, what what did you find were the hurdles or roadblocks that came up, or or, or even ones that are common for other people that they they're going to have to deal with? Uh, and I guess the second part to that would be, how did you deal with them? Thank you for the question. Uh, the what you mentioned about the demons, you use the word demons. I would certainly. <laughs> uh, testify that this is the case as well. You have to face your demons and they are different for every person. They're not the, the same. The, the hurdles that you asked, the, the big one, because the demons include many of them, but one of the biggest ones was self-doubt. So right. especially, you know, when you start doing something or you take a change uh, of career or you start a new business or whatever it is that you are very, um, let's say, passionate, enthusiastic about in the beginning. And then after a while, you put in the world, the work, you do what you think you need to be doing and you don't see the results yet. And at the same time, you start comparing with the other people that maybe started at the same time with you. And now they have like a, a super successful business with whatever it is that they're doing. And you start having these thoughts that intensify that maybe this is not for me, maybe this, maybe that. There is all this fear-based uh, limitations uh, in the mind. Especially, and that was what I found with me, that the longer it takes, the more these um, thoughts of self-doubt appear. Because mm -hmm. I'm very good at motivating myself. And uh, one great thing about you know the personal development journey is that you develop these skills and you have the tools to combat the self-doubt but that doesn't mean that the self-doubt goes away it comes back and you know <laughs> when you take time and you still you see the growth but you don't have the result that you perceive that you should have <laughs> based on your effort uh, that's when uh, that's when it uh, kicks in so the time that something takes um, is, uh, I believe, a hurdle that anyone who is in a path of growth will have to realize that things take time. Sometimes we uh, we overestimate what we can do. In uh, we say we'll do in this this year, I'm going to be a different person, but it takes longer. <laughs> I'm, mm -hmm. I'm speaking of personal experience and of course general. I don't mean everything takes uh, that long, but it is uh, a journey and the hurdle are part of, of, of the path. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think these are the, the main, uh, let's say, hurdles. Uh, as for overcoming them, I think you need to recognize them and keep on growing. Of course, personal mm-hmm. development or listening to uh, podcasts like uh, like this certainly help with uh, with that direction. I wish there was one simple answer of how to overcome your uh, demons, mm-hmm. but uh, I can't come up with a single uh, answer. But all I know is that uh, you have to face them, otherwise they, they will never go away. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If you if you just continue to ignore them, they'll they'll continue to ruin your life. You know, if you don't pay attention to them and give them what they need and mm. take the power out of them. And and as you as you were just talking there at the end, I was thinking, you know, a lot of people um, they I think and maybe this is a bit of a taboo topic, but in the in in this modern world where we've got access to so much information, all these amazing amazing podcasts, every, you know, every person that somebody has released a book about changing your life in some way, um, and we're in this like information saturation era. Um, we've got a lot of people, um, and I've, I've met a lot of these people, and they're sort of like seminar junkies. They're people that consume a lot of personal development content, um, but they've never actually done the work. Um, And so you get these people that sort of have this spiritual arrogance about them that then they're like, oh, I'm so, I'm so developed and personally, you know, woke and awake and I'm, I'm smarter than everybody else and I'm in tune with the universe. Um, and I think those people are actually really quite dangerous, but how do you, how do you think, what, or what do you think is the difference or what do you think is needed in order to be just a consumer of personal development information versus someone who actually makes real change? You said about the saturation of uh, information that we are in, and this is true. I mean, there is uh, an abundance of information around, so it's uh, it's never it's not it's not the reason why uh, people don't do it. It's the thing is that you need to take action with that information, and that's what uh, in in my podcast I always want to give actionable items to to the listeners because it's it's great to be inspired by conversation but that leaves you in a an elated state without anything to do after that apart from doing what you were <laughs> doing earlier on so the state will go back to normal after a few minutes so the same with what you mentioned about the the seminar junkies uh, and I will hold my head up and uh, hand up and I say I've been one of them Mm -hmm. Uh, because it makes you feel good especially the big events with uh, thousands of people you feel amazing afterwards Uh, but over a period of time it goes down again so you you kind of get uh, (laughs) your fix hence the the term junkies actually if i were to address those people i would say first of all carry on doing your seminars because I would say it's better to carry on doing it than saying, oh, I'm a seminar junkie and stopping. Because I think at some point, eventually you will reach, you will find that piece of information or insight that uh, probably insight is the word rather than information that was missing from you to start taking action. So maybe you haven't found that insight yet because the knowledge uh, with personal development, it, it accumulates. It might not necessarily show in one's actions, but I found that once I decided to take action personally, 
they come back to me as knowledge. It's more uh, accessible now. But of course, you need to, mm-hmm. to take the, the action and do it. I think the, the reason why most people don't do it is because of what you said. It is uncomfortable. It mm-hmm. is taking them out of the comfort zone. You need to face your demons, your fears, your uh, mm-hmm. self-doubt and all these things. And it's not pleasant. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, not, it's simple, but it's not easy. And yeah, uh, yeah personal development, you have to do stuff to, to change something in your life. Even if it is a little habit, it doesn't have to be, you know, that massive thing. Do one thing differently. I don't know, drink a little bit more water today than yesterday, something, whatever it is. That mm-hmm. over, uh, that builds up more um, good habits. And uh, all of them, over time, you know, create a life that goes upwards. That's how I see it, Matthew. <laughs> That was a great answer. I really like where you took that because that answer um, like really gave a hope and credence to the fact that there's hope for all of us, whether we're a seminar junkie or not. So I'm really, I really love how you answered that. Mm. I was a seminar junkie as well. And this, mm. there's nothing wrong with that. You will, you will figure it out eventually. Carry on going mm. if you enjoy it. <laughs> eventually... Yeah. Well, maybe it is part of the nurturing stage that uh, mm-hmm. not everyone is, is different and might need a different uh, trigger. So, mm. yes. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and as I reflect on my own personal development journey, which by no means is over, you know, it's a lifelong thing and at every level we arrive at, we're just like, oh, now I've got to deal with the limiting beliefs, beliefs that I have on this level. Amazing. <laughs> um, but as I reflect on my own journey, I, like I can't, you know, it went in bursts because it takes a lot of energy and, and you know, it became a bit of a shitstorm before it calmed back down and I started to, because as you start practicing new skills, it's like being a kid on a bike without training wheels for the first time. <laughs> it's like, I can definitely do this. You're full of confidence. And because you've got no experience, you basically crash your bicycle. And that might be, Creating an, creating an explosive argument with a family member or a partner that's just just really brings all of the skeletons out of the closets and you know basically just ruins everything. But sometimes that's what's needed in order to begin practicing the skills of personal development, of communication. Um, and it is scary doing those things because it's like I've got something to say that might ruin somebody's day um, or you know might ruin my day. Um, and and those conversations are really uncomfortable but I think the the light at the end of the tunnel is that eventually those conversations and well one you'll start surrounding yourself with people that can have those conversations so they don't end up being explosive Um, and two you end up being able to to be literate in emotional communication and separating yourself from your ego and your emotional reactions so I think it's a worthwhile journey but in this world of dopamine addiction where people are addicted to their phones and you know like food gets delivered to our door in 20 minutes or you know if you're in if you're near a city, maybe less, um, you know, and 7-Eleven is 24-7, so you can go and get a sugar hit any time of the day. Like we're in this world where it's like, oh, personal development is hard work. Why would I do hard work when it's so easy to feel good? <laughs> the, the the only problem there is that you're not feeling good. You, you have uh, anyone that says that has mistaken what feeling good uh, means. I mean, is feeling yeah. good uh, stuffing on pizza and watching TV, laying on the sofa all evening? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. But <laughs> it is comfortable. But comfortable is is not where happiness lies. I think happiness and fulfillment lie to when we're doing something that is not comfortable. Uh, ironically, uh, enough. And uh, I will make a comment because you said something earlier on about you know the people that are unsatisfied uh, in their life, but yet they still carry on until they are very old. And there is a phrase that has always, or a quote, if you want, that has always guided me in, you know, difficult uh, decisions or things like that. And it's by Jim Rohn. And he was saying that people uh, will either change out of inspiration or out of desperation. Mm-hmm. So it, it has it serves me that phrase as a reminder that you know if there is something that I would love to do I can either be inspired and follow that direction or if I'm not eventually desperation will bring me to the state that I have to do it and I think the choice is obvious so the hard work yes. if you don't do it now in order to grow then it's much harder when when you don't have the time or the ability anymore and uh, yeah i'm bre- i'm coming back for some reason i don't know it kind of felt like i wanted to get this out it's uh, i think regret when you realize that you know there were so many things i could have done and i haven't because mm. you know i i wanted to be comfortable mm-hmm. yeah it's it- uh, it's yeah yeah, at, like that, that reminded me of a um a Jordan Peterson quote. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there's the inspiration desperation thing, and like if we end up like the desperation thing is usually a situation that we're forced into. And so um, Jordan Peterson has a bit of a quote where he talks about create your own hell. So mm-hmm. the reality is that basically if we don't have um, some type of, um, and we're, obviously we can use different words to talk about this, but he says create your own hell. And what he means by that is if you don't create something that's a struggle and that's hard work to achieve, yourself the universe will eventually force something that is hell upon you and so it's whether that's building a business whether that's um learning to run marathons and getting your fitness up like you've got to create a struggle within your own life that you choose Mm -hmm. because if you're in control of the struggle that you choose then you're more likely to act out of inspiration because you want it to change you want it to get better you're connected to that journey but if you're forced into a hell like a d- disease diagnosis or any type of you know horrific family or divorce situation then unfortunately you're not you're not in control of your your life you're in the driver's seat you're just uh, you know you're just being dragged along with whatever hell has been created for you mm. and my mates and I we actually talk about that quote a lot like like you know what what hell are you creating for yourself this week and it's usually fitness related um but even the struggle of business you know it's like I'm going to create a massive goal that's like, you know, that's really, really hard to achieve and it's going to be hard work. But if this is the place that hard work shows up, that's great for my relationships. That's great for my happiness because I can walk out of the office and close the door at the end of the day and the hard work is over or I can leave the gym. And it's not like hell as in like, it's, you know, the worst thing ever. It's just that that pain and suffering is all in the pursuit of, uh, you know, a greater outcome in our life. And I think that, yeah, I really like that idea of just creating both your own problems and your own happiness. 
So this is a great uh, quote, and one hundred percent agreed with you know to choose our own. Uh, and what it implies, and I like that, is that rather than the word hell, the word struggle that you also used, I like that uh, more um, because of no connotations. But uh, there is this there is this element of struggle i mean life and there is mm-hmm. the misconception that uh, many have because when you see the the social media posts of you know the life of uh, luxury or whatever it is or the end result and the success mm-hmm. uh, that's only a snapshot even if if it is real in the first place because there is so much uh, uh, you know, exaggeration, I will use that word rather than anything else, of what is <laughs> happening. <laughs> uh, so, but there is an, uh, this struggle that leads to that. It's not, that's what I want people to realize, that it's not that. The life is not that snapshot that you see on that photograph. That is a snapshot. On the, the <laughs> Every day you have to do your your struggle or your your thing, whatever it is that uh, you call. But it was beautiful how you, you said it, that when you choose it yourself, then you at least you are fulfilled. You It is hard work and you struggle with it, but you feel fulfilled at the same time. And that is, I think, the point of us, uh, you know, sharing uh, this little time we have on this uh, planet is to do something, to do something that is, uh, that we're we're meant to do rather than, uh, you know, eat pizza and sit on the couch. (laughs) Totally. We can do that as well, you know, from time to time, (laughs) but not as as our method of happiness. This is not, (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is not what we should resort to feel happy about. (laughs) Yeah, look, Friday or Saturday night sometimes, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. But having said that, it's, it's, it's good in the moment. Like, you know, every time I choose to enjoy that type of food, even as a nutritionist, I love it, but I still feel the consequences no matter what, (laughs) even if it's out of relaxing or being like, I'm at a party, I'm just going to do whatever. No matter what, I know that I have to accept that I'm going to not feel 100% the next day, um, you know, or, or in the next few hours after I've eaten. So even though we let our hair down sometimes, there's still a consequence. <laughs> Yes, of course. Uh, of course, the, the big difference is that you uh, will have the consequences for a few hours or maybe the next day because you mm-hmm. won't carry on that same behavior. Yeah. <laughs> if you carry on the same behavior, the consequences are for life <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> which which inevitably is where you, you create or a hell is created for you because you're not mm-hmm. taking ownership of your life is that mm-hmm. you end up in a hell of a, um, you know, a, a health crisis that just kind of happens slowly one day at a time one pizza at a time Um, and I guess that's what we mean when we were talking before right is that if you don't create a healthy a hell that has a healthy outcome in your life yeah one will be forced upon you and it'll be a health issue well that's pretty common these days you know a lot of people are overweight a lot of people have diseases or they're you know rocketing towards them Um, family breakdowns financial is really big I was just listening to your episode on your show episode 234 talking about money mindset and mm-hmm. the connection between you know personal development and developing a, a mindset that allows you to attract more money in and go looking for money in, in the right type of ways. And there's plenty of people, especially in Australia right 
now lettuces are fifteen dollars ninety nine. You know, it's a serious economic situation, and and so I think you know a lot. Of, hell can come from any angle. So I think yeah, coming back to that, being in the driver's seat of your own life is is sort of the the narrative of that point. But before we wrap up, Argy, where can everybody find you online? Uh, on, I'm everywhere. Well, sorry, that's not that's not true. I'll take it back. So <laughs> you are God. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take it back. So best place uh, is my website agikeramidas.com. There you will find mm-hmm. links to social media and also my podcast is uh, Personal Development uh, Mastery. It is mm-hmm. actually Mati on the top one point five percent now uh, that we're speaking. So it's uh, um, it is something that. It's my passion, my my fruit of passion. Of course, now it has become my mission. I identify more like a podcaster rather than anything else. It is, yeah. Uh, and that's again, it is a struggle in this hard work. I will bring that to what you were saying. It is not you don't <laughs> get there easily. You have to do the the, the hustle. So yeah, that's the best place for people to find me. Please reach out and uh, send me a message if anything in this conversation uh, resonated with you. Uh, I'm happy to you know have a chat for anything you want. So thanks, Matty. Yeah, you're very welcome. And for everybody listening, just like Agi said, if you've enjoyed this conversation, um, let us know by just taking a screenshot of the episode, sharing it in your social media story, tag us both on all the platforms that we appear on uh, because it's really good to know who's listening in and to connect with uh, people listening and fans of the show. It's good to have conversations and connections. And so if you've enjoyed this, please do that. Check out Agi's podcast, which is called Personal Development Mastery. Um, I've listened to a bunch of episodes. It's fantastic. He has some great guests. He's a great interviewer. Um, highly recommend. Um, and Argy, before we uh, sign off for the evening, although it's not the evening when everybody's listening to this episode, but <laughs> whenever you know, everyone's listening to this episode, but um, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I will say the first thing that came to mind because it is one of the most recent pieces of information about health that I recently got across and it is um, about chewing our food until it is liquid every single mm-hmm. time and you know putting the, the fork down while we chew and allow that to become uh, liquid before we swallow it. Uh, I think uh, that single thing done you know always will have a, a multitude of uh, health effects uh, in the body I, yeah there were many things i could have chosen to share but for some reason this came out so i hope it's useful for someone who needed to hear it it sounds like you've been uh, hanging out inside my program for busy mums. <laughs> <laughs> I have listened I totally to your agree. shows. <laughs> yes, Matty, I have. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks for hanging out. Um, chew your food, put your fork down, splendid <laughs> gut health uh, and body advice. Um, and we'll catch you really soon, Argy. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matty. You're very welcome. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. 
presented that feature on this podcast endeavor to provide accurate information. It cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.